Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cole. I'm Freddie Waff. Oh my God. We have strange brew for you today. And <laughs> Freddie picked this one and I didn't hesitate to uh, be all in this because strange brew was a big part of our teenage years. And believe it or not, <laughs> it wasn't from 1985. It is a 1983 movie. And although it didn't really find any real steam, a real audience, even though it did okay in the box office, right? It doubled up his budget. But it really found its yeah. home on VHS the the year, the next year. HBO. Yeah. Dude, this is, I feel like this is another movie that was on like every day, like 20 times a day. Strange Brew, definitely. The 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 life of Strange Brew, the, the vegetable medley, if you will, of Strange Brew grew definitely from VHS and HBO. And it it's, fits right in with that category of the show's theme. Is it better remembered or remembered better? And we'll get there. And this movie for me, anyway, it's my experience for with the Bob and Doug character came through the the comedy album and their cross up with with Getty Lee from Rush, you know, the takeoff thing. And I heard on Doctor Demento back in the day, so that's I'd never seen SCTV. So to me, they were just this comedy duo that did records. And uh, every Sunday night during that stretch of time, you probably heard Takeoff. You probably heard that, which was really it was. And that's a whole album is really funny. Yes, it's hilarious, that record. I mean, well, it was when I was 14 or 15. Maybe it still is. The funny thing was, is that even at the time, even though my my connection was take off, it's the least funny of the tracks on the entire record. So yeah, so Rick Moranis, who everybody knows from Honey, I Shrunk the Kid and and both Ghostbusters, and he... He's somebody that I really wish would, would come out of retirement. I understand why he didn't. And I know if he did briefly and did some commercials up in Canada. Uh, he's, um, he's a face I, that I miss a lot because the guy is like super talented. He's so charming. And in this, playing the little brother, <laughs> he's so good in it. I, I, I don't know. Dave Thomas and it, it, the two of them together work so well, not just this. And there's other projects they worked on together. And then if you get into SCTV, you really get to see how great they are together. And this just happened to be a couple of characters that lend itself to a theatrical release back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we both talked about it before we got on mic yeah, that this movie, the fondness for this movie is more tied to our experiences with our friends and just hanging out in the living room, whatever. Some of us, weren't exactly, exactly sober and, uh, you know, just bugging out after I can't, I gotta think, man, I gotta think that summer of 84, I think I've seen this movie like once a day or once every other day, we watched this movie a lot back then, even though, um, maker vision was there to get in the way of you making VHS copies of things. I had a VHS copy of this. It wasn't from HBO and we watched it all the time. I don't know. How was it? A, how was it for you? Ironically, you were up north growing up. Not this, not the great white north, but Northern California. Yes. How was it for you with this, with this flick when, you know, with you and your friends in 83, 84, when it really became big? I mean, look, I was 13. I mean, look, it's something that we probably watched and then we all jumped on our bikes and, you know, fucking went off and, you know, rode off into the the country yeah, <laughs> and did stupid <laughs> shit all day long. Uh, you know, or we, I feel like this is a movie during summer and we watched either the VHS. Cause I feel like this was one of those giant oversized boxes, you know, MGM. Right. Yeah. Right. A huge box. It's a funny thing about this movie too. I mean, there's lots of things. It, it, it plays like Hamlet 
the whole movie, which was, which is super surprising, especially when the show starts off. The movie starts off like a, a total like BTS goof behind the scenes of like how they opened their skits. So if you've never seen the skits like I hadn't before I'd seen the movie, what they do once they pull away from the MGM lion, that is kind of what the whole, how they always did their skits. But this, once it, once it gets to the point where they stop showing their movie and, and we're coming to the, the real Mackenzie world, it, it becomes Hamlet in a lot of, in a weird way. I don't want to say too much about it. It's, it's funny to think that, that they took the time to make it that way, to make it not just a, an elongated sketch. And Steve Desjardins, he actually co-wrote this movie with them. And we've talked about this movie briefly here and there, and we really never got a chance to delve into it. And maybe we will on these days, but Steve, he wrote and directed Miracle Mile. Right. And we've talked about that is that, man, if you want to see a, you know, a, a movie about a world on the brink, that's one that over gets, gets overlooked and it's not seen by very many. He also directed Cherry 2000. I say what you want about him, but how's that for a one-two punch from 87 to 88? Yeah. And what a big jump uh, in quality from going from 2000, which is a super fun movie, man. And really, if you take it for what it is, it's super fun. And then fast forward to 1988, but Miracle Mile is fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, just don't, don't even, don't even look at it. Don't watch a trailer. Don't watch anything. Just go on Kino's site and order it because it's not only is it a great transfer, you're going to discover what a fucking fantastic movie it is. Anthony Edwards, Mayor Winningham. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So him, him being involved in this is pretty great. And, and I think you can tell what elements he's in, injected into it that wasn't the normal McKenzie type stuff. So it, it works really well. And the cast is fun too. I mean, and if you know a little bit about how, at least how Canada was in 83 when they had beer stores. And that sounds weird for a lot of people in the United States that they had beer stores. They did beer stores, man. And I never knew that before I'd seen the movie. Oh, yeah. So don't they still have beer stores? They do, but I, th I think it's less common. I think you've seen more beer now and beers are like in normal stores. I, I know that, I know like in other, like so some states in the United States that have right. that are like that too, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's still done that way. Yeah, or totally. Not. They're like package stores and, you know, yeah. where you can only buy liquor. Only <laughs> yeah. you can buy liquors at a package store. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also in this movie, yeah, Paul Dooley. We all know Paul Dooley from a lot of shit, but most notably, I gotta say, the dad from 16 Candles, amongst other things. But yeah, man, there's a standout in this movie, like a, a real standout. Well, dude, he also played Wimpy. He was Wimpy in Papa. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not I, I mean, just think there's more people that, yeah, I know. Max Van Saito, right? Oh, yeah, man, right? Brewmeister Smith. With the most amazing dentures ever. From, from, from Bergman, from Bergman, from Bergman. To Moranis yeah. and Thomas. <laughs> in, in a matter of months. Uh, <laughs> so, sure. But the, 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 the whole plot is as simple as this. is The, the, the McKenzie brothers, you know, they, they, they make this, this shitty movie and they show it and, it and it's garbage because they're not filmmakers. And the whole movie sets in spot like, well, now they got to, we get, we get pushed right into their daily life. And their daily life is just trying to get by, still living with their parents which is awesome because their dad is voiced by the awesome Mel Blanc, who you all know from every Looney Tunes cartoon ever made prior to 1991. His voice is so great. I remember hearing it right away. I'm like going, that's Yosemite Sam. Oh my gosh, dude, Mel Blanc's doing a voice in this. Holy shit. And of course, what's funny is you never see the parents. 
you never see them. You always see them by the back of the head until one, one moment in the movie where the brothers walk in on them, the, the parents having sex, and it's just it's just Thomas and Moranis and Dragon. Yes. <laughs> Which is so SCTV. There are some inspired moments in this, uh, like whole gag with the mouse in the bottle is so yeah. stupid, but I still, it makes me laugh yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's real simple. It's all, it, it feels, it feels real slapdash. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't even know if there was really a script. It feels like they wrote pages like every night, right. like they had an outline right? and then maybe they just kind of filled in the pages at night. Maybe. Yeah. You get a, you get that at the end too, when they're, when you have the end crawl and they come back on and then you could just, you could just tell that, that both Dave and Rick were just riffing. And cause there's one morning goes two, two minutes. Is that two minutes? Like, <laughs> like they were given, yeah. Hey, the crawl's going to be two minutes. You just riff for two minutes. And they both start laughing because it's just like, all right, well, we're kind of running out of shit to say. <laughs> so, and that's, that's probably one of the realest moments. The entire movie is just when you get to that point where, you know, you could just, it just feels real because you can tell they're just, they just threw the, the mag in and rolled and what we got is what we got for those two minutes. But you're right. There's some really inspired stuff in this. And that's what I mentioned. Like a Mike, I, I think 14 year old me thinks this is far funnier than, than the me now, but it's still, but the things that I watch when I do watch it, the things that I, I laugh at are always the same things. It's always the same moments like hose head rolling back up, <laughs> rolling back up the roof after he drops the disc. All of the, all of the Star Wars references, you know, what's crazy when you think about when this movie came out, right? This movie came out August 26th of 1983 and there, and then there's that joke, right? He goes, yeah, gee, he's seen Jedi 26 times, eh? <laughs> Jedi had only been out for like two months <laughs> when the yeah, movie came well, out. Dude, that, yeah, it just means they win every day. Right. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> there, there's some funny stuff. And I mean, the the whole, like, them escaping the movie theater, like, the angry crowd, the whole mob. I mean, it kind of sets up the what you're going to get. I mean, I know we had talked about, does it hold up? But, I mean, it's funny because I don't know that the movie held up even months after it was done. <laughs> really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, again... It's kind of a time capsule for weird. Yeah, I feel like it really is like this kind of predates the Saturday Night Live movies that would all right, like kind of based on Saturday Night Live. Uh, would this be first? Would this be like the first of that kind of? Uh, was SCTV? Did they beat Saturday Night Live to the punch as far as like you know, spinning off characters into a sketch from you know sketch to a movie? Who's better do it first? Uh, I. Yeah, I guess year that's before, first, right? Probably year two. But it, right? it's weird because it doesn't. It, it's funny because it's that seems like a real movie. <laughs> Blues Brothers, kind of. I guess Blues Brothers would be first. So no. But, SNL but, still but think but think about the gap between Blues Brothers and when they did something next. Right. I mean, dude, there's some goo. I mean, what did Joey watch any of this with you? Yeah, yeah, he watched mostly. He watched most. Did he of the laugh? First half. What yeah, was, no, that's what, what, that's what I'm saying. Fifteen year old take. But this, here's the thing: <laughs> the first third of the movie and the last third of the movie have the funniest parts in it, and he happened to be there yes. for both of those parts, both of those sections. How can you not like this movie? What about, what about giant Moranis drinks the whole vat of beer and then Seriously, he has to pee? I just can't. I was just <laughs> waiting. I just kept looking. I just, I watched. I wouldn't with all the bits as they were coming. I was watching him but I was leaning back so he wouldn't see me that I was looking at him. So he, I didn't want to telegraph it was coming. But when you get to that point, he goes, he goes, Oh man, we thought you were going to take a leak. What do you mean? Just get me out of here. 
And Joey's just like, what the hell is going on? And it goes, and then, and then the bit where, of course, the the the, the Saint Asylum still on fire, and Joey just goes, "Oh no!" Like he knew <laughs> before it happened sure. what was going to happen next. But that's the thing. It's like I looked at him. I said, "You know, you're you are a year older than I was when I when this movie came out, and I saw it." And and then he goes, "Did you see this in the theater, Dad?" I'm like, "No, I saw it on home video." And then <laughs> and then it became a religious experience. It became yeah. seriously, we bounced between this. And fast times at Ridgemont High. That's what we did. That's what, and that's yeah. It, it, it was, it was scary. That's why when people ask me, I'm like, oh, how many times did you see Jedi the first year? When I talk about how many times I saw Star Wars a year came out, I'm like, not as much as you may think, because <laughs> I was busy watching this. I could guarantee you, I've seen Strange Brew more times than I've seen Jedi for sure. I, I can't I, I, I would, with that. Yes, yes. <laughs> that Fast Times, um, probably Valley Girl and Porky's. Yeah, <laughs> those are movies I've seen more than all Star Wars movies combined. And the fourth Friday the Thirteenth, I think that was in the part yes. of that rotation. Final where chapter. It, yep. It was it, I, yeah, it was Corey Feldman as a hero. Yes. Every, I mean, dude, seriously, it's like if we only watched one movie a day, we just had them on cycle. That was it, and and it was always the same. It was just like I had the movie, so it's just. I mean, I'm not saying I got invited over all the time to people's houses because I was the one with the movies but I was the one with the movies. And I guess it surprises nobody listening to the show. So let me ask you a question. The first time you saw this movie, what the first time you saw Vince Saito show up, what was your first thought? Because I'm going to, my first thought, because my first experience knowing who Max Vince Saito was, was Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon. Yes. Just a mere three years earlier. Yes, yeah. So, you know, I was like, does he always play a mean person? Yeah, right. <laughs> And, and you know, yes, he does. Let's ignore the, the the racist and you know the racist aspect of of his part in, in Flash Gordon. Sure. When I did, I I didn't know. For me though, I didn't know who Max was when I saw Flash Gordon. <laughs> so when I saw him like right. doing like a BTS interview after in between these two movies, and I'm like, what? That's a white guy. <laughs> now I wasn't thinking how racist because I was 13. Well, I'm 12 when, you know, not 11, 11. And I was just didn't think anything of it, but yeah, he, that's the two, that's the jump for me. I wasn't into his, his real dramatic Shakespearean work. I wasn't into any of that stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of it. Like we talked about them before, you know, we, there, we, we hadn't reached our snobby film fan stage yet until our late, our late teens. No, dude, like not at all. I mean, I was like, for me, and he was in a ton of movies between yeah. 1980 and 86. I mean, uh, you know, me, like for me, like the three, probably the, the movies I've seen the most with Max Vincito are Dreamscape, <laughs> Strange Brew, and Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Dreamscape, the same year as this. Right? Yeah. People will be like, you guys are, why didn't you guys talk about the seventh seal? And I'm like, because uh, I don't, still don't think I've seen the seventh seal <laughs> ever. It's I'm on my shelf. Say, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I've done things to ensure that I haven't seen it. I picked up the box in a video store once. I don't even own it. I've never seen it. Never. I don't know, man. Is that where he plays chess with death? Yeah. I mean, I got all that from uh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> but wasn't a, yeah, dude. And, and Vencito was also, he was, he was Blofeld and never say never again. That saving He's in all those movies yeah. in the 84, 83, 84, you know, Dune. 
<laughs> right? He was in Dune. I mean, th- th- this is what I know him from. Not like those, you know, not those arty movies. When you see him in this though, you're still kind of like, now anyway, you're kind of like, oh, who, why is he doing, why did he do this movie? And we talked about it earlier. It's, he wasn't a lot of 80s stuff. He wasn't a lot of studio stuff. You'd think that if you were aware of the art house stuff, <laughs> like what the hell is he doing? Sure. He's slumming it for us. When we go back and look at what he did before these, <laughs> before these movies, it was right. Because you know what? Oh, you snooty fucker. <laughs> yeah. And another HBO movie that he was in, that was on HBO on repeat in the same time he was in victory. The POW. I mean, I will, you know, to me, it was always the movie that Pele was in, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pele, that British guy in Sylvester and Rocky, Stallone. And Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And the, and the British guy ended up being Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Uh, dude, yes, I Michael love Kane is the British guy. <laughs> Victory was on fucking yeah. TV all the time, all every the day, time. and it was it's dude, and that movie is tremendous. You know, that's the movie's so fun. I, yeah, dude, it's a movie I like. Literally, they keep talking to like I keep hearing like rumors all the time. Oh, they're gonna remake. Yeah. Why remake Victory? Why not just re-release the original one and just leave it alone? Yeah, why not? You know, it's like the Great Escape with dude. It's so good. Yeah, remember how we talked about doing sports movies. Yeah. I can't, this, you know, this victory never came to my mind. I don't know why, but now that we talked about it, I'm like, that was lame of us not to cover it. Well, I think we also, we did talk about covering it. Like we talked at one time about covering World War II movies. Oh, right. Or the war, or, and we talked about, and I was like, oh, dude, we could slip victory in there. <laughs> right. We were trying to cover things that other people don't cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, shit. I mean, you know, we could definitely cover that rather than, you know. Hey, maybe we should do that since we're on the brink of fucking World War Three, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. After kickstart this week, we're like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you guys this week? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what the fuck's wrong with well, us this week. <laughs> well, shit's fucked up, man. That's what's wrong with us this week. Fucked up, man. The world is the world is going to war. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's what's wrong with us. That's what's wrong with us. We're we're you know we're we're not hiding behind shit anymore. The masks are off. Uh, you know, it's funny too. If you, if we had our, our key art done by this point, the master off joke would be, a, would hit a lot easier. Sure. <laughs> Sergio. Sergio. <laughs> anyway. Um, so the movie, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so back to strange brew. See, we took a commercial break, just like strange brew took one in the middle of the movie. Sure. Uh, I believe that what I would say is probably one of the funniest, the, one of the crazy things about Strange Brew is um, how much the hockey, the drone hockey players kind of look like stormtroopers. <laughs> and, and Joy picked up on that right away, right away. Because when the McKinsey brothers finally get into the suits and they make the Jedi joke and everything we, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm your father and turn over to the dark side, you know, that, that whole bit, Joey was like, when I was wondering when they're going to do that. I'm like, dude, this movie came out months before, just months before Jedi. And he had no idea. Right. But of course that was from empire. So it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah. I mean, dude, there was one point I, I was so in love with this movie when I was younger, I seeked out and found an Elsinore beer hat. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before like, you know, this long before the internet where you could just go to like, you know, founditem.com and order like all your fucking fake movie shirts. And right. shit. I don't know where on earth it had come from, but it was in a store in a liquor store that was like within walking distance of my, uh, where I grew up, you know, it was next to the drive-in 
And, um, you know, they always had hats and they always had some, you know, weird, like it was the seventies. So like, you get all these weird unlicensed seventies and eighties. You can, so you get all these weird unlicensed, ugly fucking right. foam in the front mesh in the back, fucking snap caps. And I got one that said Elsinore beer dude, and I fucking <laughs> wore it until somebody stole it. And I never found out who stole it. And I never saw anybody wearing it. You know, we, you mentioned this character earlier, Rosie, um, Angus McGinnis plays, Gene Rosie LaRose in there and the dude's in everything. I mean, for me, this was the first thing I remember him being in. Funny enough, he is in the original Star Wars and speaking of World War II movies, he's in Force 10 from Navarone and a whole yeah. bunch of other shit, dude. He was in Witness. He's one of the corrupt cops in Witness. He's like, he's in so much shit. He's in the craze. Fuck. He's in Judge Dread, right? Yeah. If there's a movie I want to talk about someday, it's the craze because that movie's fun. Oh yeah, dude, with the with Spandau Ballet brothers. Yeah. With the Kemp's. So good. So much better than the remake with Tom Hardy. Completely. He's, he's also, he's in Black Dahlia. He's in Half Moon Street. Another one we need to talk about. Yeah, with Michael Caine. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, Michael Caine. <laughs> right. Um, Gross Anatomy, we, we've talked about doing here and there when we've said, hey, we need to do a Matthew Modine Yeah, we movie. do need to do a Matthew Modine movie. But we, we, we but there's, I'm always going to like want to do Vision Quest. I know. It's hard not Sports to, movies. man. Loud and Swain. We do that Linda Fiorentino month, right? We sure, already, man. We could do Last Seduction, Vision Quest. We already did Gotcha, though. I know. Yeah, but, you know, we can do a truncated version of Gotcha because we did a beat for beat Gotcha. Sure. I don't know. Anyway. So, anyway, what they was so cool about... A about, Daphne Zuniga month was well, gross enough. We could do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We could do that. We could do Modern Girls. What else was Daphne in? We can't do Spaceballs. No, because um, who cares? No, because it's... It, yeah, talk about a movie that never held up. No. Nope. <laughs> What's rad about Angus's character in this though, Rosie, he, he's a hockey player and he, like, he, he played for the Montreal Canadiens. That's the setup anyway. And he had a career ending nervous breakdown. Now think about that. Back then at that time, unless you were big, unless you were Gretzky, most guys, you know, the latter three quarters of the league, they had to have summer jobs. They had to work right because they didn't make enough money. So him working at a beer factory, not because he had a nervous breakdown because Modem had to work at work local jobs, even though they were in the, you know, professional hockey players. But to have a, think about that for, for 19, for the early eighties to have a hockey player having a nervous breakdown when you have all this PTSD shit. Now you have concussions situations that are, you know, not just any people's lives, but 10 years after a major concussion, they're having that major brain damage. It's just, it's interesting. And I know it's a comedy, but not funny, haha, but to look at it now. And that's why he's working at, at Elsinore brewery. Uh, they, they knew long before it became a thing that, that, you know, those sports were causing, like people were fucked up long before it became oh, yeah, a no. thing. No, like, I right? understand like, yeah. And I'm just saying like, it's funny, like that it worked its way into this movie. Cause it, when I was a kid, I never thought about it, but like watching it like now I, I'm like you, I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'd be so much more fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it being next to the insane asylum, and the way they handle all, all the people, the inmates and stuff, like the way they handle it in general, it's kind of like, I don't think they're taking it as seriously as we're looking at it now. I'm me bringing it up anyway, but the nervous breakdown he has, like it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's super weird, but yeah, looking at it now in, in 2022, it's like, fuck, <laughs> that's fucked up, man. Yeah, but he's great in it. Everybody's so good in it. If you look this up, Buddy the Dog, who plays Hosehead, has his own IMDb page. He's credited right above Mel Blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, look at him. 
Buddy the dog. <laughs> Dude, what a great picture, right? Oh, like, that's so right. His, his, his only credit is Strange Brew. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. The, again, one of the moments that I left the hardest is always the same moment. And, and one of those was when Joey was sitting there. When they go to get hose, had to stop the whole Oktoberfest thing. And when they have the map out and they got that close-up and the two of them were talking to him and Moranis like looks at him and like yells at him. The dog just looks at him like, what are you yelling at me for? Totally. <laughs> poor dog. Oh, poor Buddy the dog. But Buddy the dog, man, everything that Buddy the dog's in, his all his moments are the best moments of those oh, scenes. Yeah. He's always so damn funny. When he gets up and flies away off to Oktoberfest, oh. Joey's like laughing. I go, no, the best part's coming up and you and the best part I'm talking about when he's flying, right? Yes. When he loses his cape and he looks behind, like, what the hell? What are you guys doing? Yep. <laughs> yep. He's like, uh, I love that they left that in. Oh, yeah. It's because it's it's so it's so in tune with the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Just kind of like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> but that's the yeah. bit. Oh. That's, that is so funny because they're just taking a piss. Right. The guys. Because they're taking a piss because the whole opening is a crowd full of people going, what the fuck am I watching? While you're going, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Right. No, totally. I mean, one of the things that's funny about this movie is, again, see, I feel like after watching it, we were both like, oh, yeah, so it doesn't really. But uh, now that we're talking about it, it's still kind of entertaining. No, it's still fun. It's still entertaining. I don't I still don't regret buying the Blu-ray. It's still fun to watch. It's just like I always I truly always remember it being funnier than it is. Well, the thing is, is I. But I feel like I could say that about almost every comedy ever made. Yeah. Like, especially um, in the eighties. <laughs> well, in the eighties, a hundred percent. We missed like, a whole bunch dude, of them already. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I tried to watch Scrooge, and I could not sit through that fucking thing. Yeah, it's like the the thing about Scrooge. The moments that it works, it works well, but it really is a mess. And yeah. you can tell when you know you know about the problem that that Dick Donner had on in the movie with with Bill Murray. It you know you you can see the moments where they're having difficulty. Oh yeah, you can. You, I mean, the whole movie just seems like a troubled production. You know, it uh, it feels. It also feels like it's super cobbled together. But we can trash that when we get around to it. That's what we should be doing for for our Christmas movies this year. Is just Christmas movies that suck, suck. <laughs> like Scrooged. I would rather watch Prancer than fucking Scrooged. But let me say something. When Michael Pollard has when he's dead. It's, it's like, it's like that moment Groundhog Day where, you know, where Bill Murray's character realizes that I can't save this old man. It's like going, fuck you, Neiman, open motherfuckers. It's so rough. But anyway, we're talking about <laughs> Strange Fruit. Yeah. Strange Fruit, man. Oh, man. But look, you know, the, the one thing, the, the, the funny thing is, is that Vancito is playing it so fucking, dude, he's playing so James Bond villain. It's oh, yeah. fucking great. Yeah. I mean, literally, he's like Blofeld. Like, he finished this. He was probably shooting this and never say never again at the same time. And it's like, fuck it. It's the same thing. It's the same role. I'm playing it the same way. I, I, and I think that's kind of what he said. He just got, he, he recognizes what the, what's going on here. He, obviously, the guys got to him when they pitched him saying, this is what we're going for here. And if you play it just like this, <laughs> it's, right. it's going to be perfect. Just play for it the straight. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's not trying to be funny. He's just being him. Yeah. You know what surprises me though is the lack of other SCTV alum in this. Is that was that weird? Yeah, yeah, it, sort of. I feel like this. It's it, the movie is weird itself because um, I don't really think even at the time I don't know that I, I I was shocked that John Candy didn't show up somewhere in it right. or, or Levy, Andrew Martin. You know, yeah. 
Right. In my mind, like if I, if, if I hadn't seen this movie and I just watched it, like if, like say I hadn't seen it since the eighties, right. which I'm going to say is not true because I've seen it many times. since. Right. <laughs> but if I was just in my memory, I would have sworn to God, all those people were in it. Right. Flaherty. Also, I mean, you, I would have bet yeah. money that everybody's in there. Eugene Levy. I would have bet every, you know why? Because now since this movie had come out and this, even though this was the first thing I'd seen, I've seen SCTV. So in my head, when they're, when I'm watching SCTV and there's other skits that are sandwiching McKenzie bits, then my head's thinking, oh, everybody's in this. And those characters would show up on McKenzie's skits too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why my head is that, that, that these people were in there more. Even now, even when I watch, get done watching, I'm like, man, I could have sworn I'd, you, there was more people in it and there really isn't. <laughs> there really isn't a lot of people in this movie. No, it, I was trying to figure out Lynn, Lynn Griffin. The only other movies I think I've seen her in would be Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas. She's one of the sorority girls. She's one of the, uh, one of the girls that lives in the house with, with uh, Margot Kidder yeah. and Olivia Hussey. And I think, I don't want to look it up, but I feel like she's in another fucking early 80s. Curtains, maybe? Like a horror film. Do you remember Curtains? Yes. <laughs> I think she's in curtains, right? With Samantha Egger and John Vernon. And you know, we talked earlier about, about the Hamlet aspect of this, right? That's what Dave Thomas talked about when he, they hired Steve Dejanat. They said, Hey dude, <laughs> we want this film story to be based on Hamlet. The moments in there where, where he's too faithful to the original work. Yeah. And then that's when they start mixing things up too. You, and you can tell those moments where they're there. It's really rigid to, 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 Bill Shakespeare. And then when it's not, yeah, and it's, and then when you know that it's almost as good as the Mel Gibson, I mean, actually it's better than the Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, I was going to correct you on that one. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean almost it, it's, it's better than the Mel Gibson Hamlet. Um, it's funny because back, I'd rather watch a full length mutant 2051 AD. Yeah, <laughs> dude, give me fleshy headed mutants all day long, all day long. Oh, by the way, speaking of that moment, it's fleshy headed mutants moment when the van is on the lift and the, in the garage and it gets lowered. Yes. Joey laughs so hard. He goes, that's like, that was a good effect. I'm like, it was a good effect because it was, it was perfectly comedic. Like it was supposed to be, you laughed at it the way you were supposed to. That's why it was so good. It's funny. Cause it, back to Lynn Griffith for just a second. When I was in my mind's eye, when I remember the movie, she kind of, it, there's, there's a point also, like if I didn't, if it wasn't, you know, if I hadn't looked at it and I would have sworn it was Stacy Nelkin. Yeah. <laughs> at some point was playing Pam Elsinar. For those of you who don't know who Stacy Nelkin is, yeah. Google it, but you should know. She's the, uh, apparently she's the lost replicant uh, in Blade Runner. Her scenes were never seen. Wow. Never knew that. Yeah. She's the one who didn't make it back to the planet. When they, when they talk about how there were five of them. Apparently it was Stacy Nelkin. I don't know if that's true. That's just what I've heard. By the way, Google it. If you haven't seen Lynn Griffin recently, she looks exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, she shows up. I mean, dude, she was, she's in a bunch of stuff, right? Like, I mean, I feel like she shows up in TV all the time. Right. In original Black Black Christmas, like you mentioned. Um, And the Heavenly Kid, too. I always remember from Heavenly Kid just a couple years after this. Oh, right. Yeah. God, the Heavenly Kid. Yep. A fucking Back to the Future. Kind of, I don't know if it's a ripoff of Back to the Future. I feel like it, but again, it's Jason Gedrick, that poor yeah. guy, right? Like he's in that movie and then 
Back to the Future takes off and Michael J. Fox becomes a giant star. And then he's an Iron Eagle and it comes out like months after or before Top Gun. And then you know, Top Gun and Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise and Jason Goodrick is right. not Tom Cruise. Right. <laughs> but we're still talking about Strange Brew. Strange Brew. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's not streaming anywhere, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, you can, you can rent it, but be wary of, we talked about before about the app, just, just watch. Don't tell you where things are streaming, whether it's a paid service or whatever it is. But even it is misreporting that the, to, to rent this was like three ninety nine. It is on iTunes, but it is not on prime, which is what it says it is, which is a big drag. The same thing right. goes There's a lot with of things. our other movie mm-hmm. that we were, because we did yeah. this movie this week because the other movie we had chosen, you had to wait for the Blu-ray. So yes. that got, and we, and, and it got briefly mentioned. <laughs> Apparently it's eight stops away. Cause I just got a text. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> we yeah, should know so what we're doing whatever, next week. Man. Next week. <laughs> there are two types of people when it comes to strange brew. There's people who like it. And then there are liars who say they don't. Yeah. Uh, cause you can't not like this movie, whether you think it's good or not, no. you can't dislike it. No, exactly. I don't, I, I don't know how you can, unless you're just a, you know, unless you're dead inside. Right. By the way, we mentioned the beer store earlier, right? The, the, the brewery store? retail store, they, they spent 45 grand building that, that, that replica store. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. 45 grand in 80, well, you figure 80, late 82, early 83, right? That's, that's, is that, that's a, is that, is that, but is that Canadian dollars? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say USD or CD. I'm just I don't know. curious. I don't know. I feel like this was, I feel like it was shot in Canada. <laughs> oh, well, 100% shot in it Canada. It was shot in country. Yes. In a big way. I mean, I mean, clearly and Toronto. In, yeah, Toronto, Ontario, <laughs> Canada, man. Casaloma, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. There are 12 different locations in Canada. So there you go. Yeah, man. I mean, look. Yeah, and it looks great for it. Yeah, by the way, speaking of that, dude, the blue air looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want that to be overlooked. It, it really does look great. Yeah, no, it, 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 look, here's the thing. Like, there's, there's enough bonus content on the Blu-ray for like somebody like you and I, who are like, totally like this movie will never be bad in my opinion. I mean, it's never, it's not a good movie, but I will never like be like, I hate that movie. I'm never going to say that. And you know, again, it, this won't be the last time I watched it before I die. No, I feel you. I'm just saying. Yeah. There you go. Strange brew. Strange brew, man. Nineteen eighty. Three. Four, 83. Yeah. God, dude, we went way back. I, was, I thought we were going 85. That's what I'm saying. For some people, <laughs> what, this was the first time they were seeing Rick Moranis anything because they were a year out. Yeah. Right. Well, look, dude, you know, we, we should do some more Rick Moranis movies. There's, there's a bunch that we could talk about yeah. off that, that, that aren't that even Ghostbusters. Um, I was going to say, what? here's how these movies came up. This is, <laughs> we were going to do Flip a Coin Month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we were both going to suggest a movie and then Flip a Coin and whoever wins or wh- whoever calls the right head, heads or tails, it's your movie right. to watch. You right. know, you it's so you know what would be fun is because you know depending on the flip of the coin, it could be all four of your picks or it could be all four of my picks. Right. So we're still gonna do that at some point. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen this month because because my movie <laughs> you ordered not the movie, month. so you gotta do it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, Strange Brew is it better than we remember it, or is it remember? Is it? Better I think to it's exactly it? the same uh, as we remember. Think- it, it, Let's put it this way. How about our, our lean back is always, do we remember it better from when we saw it the first time, right? In that, in that realm of, let's say that year, two years, right? Uh, after the movie came out. 
well, we, I think we pretty well laid that one out. Teenage us love this movie. 20 something year old, 30 year old, 40 year old. No, it's, we still find moments funny, but boy, we, we were definitely tainted by our, uh, our teenageness back then, back in the day. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, yes. Like, do I think the movie's any better than it was when I saw it when I was a kid? No. no. Do I feel the same way after I watch it? Yes. It's so, funny. It's different things. Like we talked about earlier, we didn't get in our, in our teens that actually lend itself to be, that, that replaced the things that we were, that we thought were funnier back then for me anyway, you know, the more mature humor that's really disguised as something different that I get now. I got in my twenties and my thirties. I'm like, Oh, I know what you guys were doing now. And that to me is amusing. Still, it's a solid three, three and a half out of five, dude. I, and I still am not going to waver on that. It's just that the moments I mentioned earlier that make me laugh, make me laugh hard. And I think it's probably why I still hold it in such regard until I really dig into it again. But watching it with Joe, as much as I did, was funny. He came back down to watch the latter third of the movie. He's like, did I miss anything? I'm like, no, you left it the best part. <laughs> you left it the, the best time to leave. Because as a teenager, he saw the funniest parts and that's all that mattered to me, so. Right. There is a little dead section there in the middle, but like, you know, again, that's where I get up and go make coffee or whatever. Um, Cause I already know what's, I already know what's happening. I've seen it many multiple times, but like, yes, the beginning and the end of the movie are very, it still appeals to the 14 year old that lives in deep inside me. So yeah, uh, yeah man, it's, it's, it's a good, you know, it's a good rewatch. Yep. I mean the rewatchability again, here's the thing. They don't make movies like this anymore. They can't. Nope. <laughs> they can't. And, and Although it, it, they do make movies that, aren't as funny as this that are intentionally trying to be funny. Right. And that's, and that, and that fails miserably. And, and it's so insulting too, but this one, this movie presents itself in such a way, like you can't be insulted watching this. You just can't be. No, 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 no. There's, I mean, it's yeah. So yeah, there you go. Strange brew, strange brew, 1983, mm -hmm. strange brew, man. There you go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Take off a eh? Joey. Joey said, that's by the way. Do these, Joey's gonna run. Joey's gonna be take off, eh? He's yeah. Gonna call you a fleshy. <laughs> what if he starts calling you a fleshy-headed mutant? I think the the one line that made Do him you laugh. Ground the, him? the one the one line that made him laugh the hardest when he goes, "Okay, eh? Okay, eh?" <laughs> he laughed so hard. Dude, my dad like had so. Dude, my dad was like, "If you guys don't stop talking like those two idiots, <laughs> you're going to your room for a month." Right? They were like, they're like Mr. McKenzie. <laughs> yeah, you totally. morons. Morons. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, give that's at Karate Pod. Same thing on Instagram. Or if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, uh, you can find Corey at Corey underscore Culp. Or if you want to support the show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. It's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on Instagram. Or you can follow me at Brewmaster Smith at what is that thing called? Letterbox.com? Letterbox.com. Letterbox.com. Yeah, man, you could follow me there. Sure. Under whatever, Tom Cody, Sharky's Machine, Brewmeister Smith, wherever. I'm all over that place. I'm everywhere. 